Miller. Welcome to Tiger Turf Talk. We're excited to be partnering with the Toro Company to kick off an all-new summer series focused on their upcoming Grounds Leadership Academy happening in June. Over the next 10 weeks, we will be releasing podcasts following Drew's road trip to Minneapolis and back, where he will be meeting with grounds professionals across the country. Please join us as we talk about their careers, the properties they manage, and their favorite Toro equipment. This episode of Tiger Turf Talk is brought to you by The Toro Company. For over 100 years, The Toro Company has been a leader in innovative solutions for turf maintenance. Through a strong network of professional distributors, Toro proudly offers a wide range of commercial-grade equipment. Visit Toro.com to explore their full lineup of products. Um, welcome back to the uh podcast talking about all things Toro equipment. Uh, today today we're met with uh, Marissa Guerin, the product manager for uh, all turf vehicles, specifically the ones that are electric, and now the incredible Vista shuttle vehicle. Did I say that right? Exactly. See? Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying anything else. Um, how are you doing this afternoon? Doing awesome. It's great, great to, to have you. Yeah, it's Thank great you. to have you. So, Something that I really enjoyed uh, about our time here at the Grounds Leadership Academy is you guys had a day where we went out to the test site for all of your equipment, and one of our stations was your station with all the incredible uh, vehicles that are coming out in the years to come. So um, this year, actually, sorry, I mean this year. Um, what has it been like working on this line and especially introducing something completely new to Toro, you know, with the Vista. What has that been like? And could you give a sort of a rundown of the whole lineup for the lithium battery line? Yeah. Did so, I get all that right? Yeah. Okay, perfect. It, no, it's, it's a very busy year for vehicles, which is really exciting. We have a lot of new products coming out. Not only product refreshes, we can call it, but uh, or product updates, but brand new products still align like Vista. So just kind of going through the, all of our lithium options, we have our GTX, with, which is our light duty ve- lightest duty vehicle, mm. our MDX lithium, yeah. which is a new one, which we'll talk about, I think, in a little bit. And then Vista, which is brand new to the lineup, which is a shuttle uh, designed to move people. So a lot of people. A are, lot of people. A lot of people, right? I mean, yesterday, I think some of the group sizes were roughly 14 people yeah. it was a rather hot day yeah well, it so was. it was nice to actually use the shuttles For as sure. kind of like a where everyone could sit relax be in the shade and then i could present and talk a little bit about yeah. vista but yeah it's been a very i would say busy sure. few years yeah and then obviously very busy during the launch of and so with vista there are so many different applications yeah. When you guys came up with the product, obviously we in in this event we've been able to talk about sort of that process and how much how much you guys scrutinize on the fact like is it going to go to market well or is it a viable product? How are we going to be able to maintain these things once they're out in the market? How are we going to satisfy our customers' needs? What has that process been like, and what has it been like specifically for Vista and getting to this point where again this shuttle vehicle is going to like change the game for a lot of people in a lot of different instances? Right. So our vehicle line is the Toro Workman. Vista doesn't have that Workman, I would say, tag attached to it, mm-hmm. but it's still in that line. It's just doing a different kind of work. So the Toro Workman vehicle, whether it's the HG HDX or GTX, they're working in the back of the house doing the maintenance taking the crew to the location to do the work. Um, They might have 
whether it's shovels, they might have coolers, who knows, in the back of that vehicle. Vista is still designed to do work. It's just serving our customers in a little bit different way. So they aren't necessarily, I would say, launching from the maintenance shed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they're launching from the municipality, uh, the front office of the municipality, the front office of the college campus, the admissions office of the college campus. For sure. Resorts. So it's still serving our customers that we... Have, mm-hmm. But it, almost in a front to back end of the of the house yeah. instead of back talking the back of the house yeah, yeah, the shed to the sure. front. So it's very much more visible to our customers. Now, something that a lot of the people that I was with, you know, many people are like, it's just a great looking cart, you know, like the vehicle itself is just so well put together. Could you sort of speak to some of the design that went into it? Because obviously, you know, we talked about like how there's beacon lights, there's turn signals. Like these are things that like companies that sell like shuttle vehicles, like those aren't like their first priority. You know, they're like, guess what? Guess what? I just made a golf cart. I don't care if it has all these nice things that a shuttle vehicle should have, you know? (laughs) What would you say Toro has done in that design phase that has ensured, you know, Truly, I honestly like this is just from again someone who's not selling the product that probably will be the best on the market when it comes out. Well, thank you. Yeah, first. of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but I mean, Toro puts so many hours. We have some of the best, best engineers working on these machines, designing this, these machines. We come up with these requirements and say, "This is what we need. Make it happen." So, when designing a shuttle. A lot of the technology and durability that was in the workman line was brought over, the workman vehicles was brought over to the Vista. So Mm -hmm. from the ground up. So you talked about just the looks of the vehicle looks nice, but also that internal, what you can't see. So the frame. So uh, the frame, the durability of that frame, it's carrying a lot of weight, especially Mm -hmm. in that eight passenger vehicle. There's a four, six, and eight passenger. Yeah. So that eight passenger, I mean, that's a lot of weight to carry. I mean, if people have bags. Especially if I'm on it. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, and that's a, it's yeah. just a lot. One of the customers is, let's say, Athletic Villages. Yeah. That they are shuttling athletes from the practice field. Offensive linemen, you're yeah. as big as me. Ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I mean, and that's the thing. Talking to the design, it's not only the looks, the durability, the comfortability for the people that are riding in it. So yeah. it's the foot room, the head room, the place to put your, your stuff. Like for sure. You and I guess looking from the outside, just the front of the machine and the dash where the yeah. operator and the driver is spending a lot of hours. Yeah. It just looks sleek and modern. And it, and you know the you know, when you talk about sleek and modern, I talk about, you know, just useful space you know like when you're talking about the you there's cup holders there's areas for chargers there's areas for like all of these things and what i love about you know all of them all of the vehicles is that you guys have taken you know information back from the customers specifically like the the mdx and the gtx like there are so many things that are so much easier you know compared to what used to be you know like Forward, backwards. Yeah. It's a switch now. Instead of having to, you know, like move it and everything. Right. Like, and yeah. again, like those are things that, like, obviously we can go down and change it, like down below. But like, it just makes it so much easier to operate. You know, those are things that I think you guys, again, as Toro and in what you your job is with everything that goes into it, the amount of work that you guys do when it comes to customer relations, it just goes above and beyond. 
What is some of those, you know, instances that have come back to where, again, the Vista is at and you've taken everything that you've had and, again, the heritage of Toro from those carts and point it towards a new audience that, again, when we talk about, like, my experience, you know, when I worked at Virginia Tech, we have to shuttle coaches during the middle of a game from the press box to the locker room so right. they could be there for halftime. Like, right. we have to carry 20 people yeah. downstairs and quickly, and quickly and efficiently and have eight passengers if possible, you know. <laughs> right. Like, that that's something that we were like, we had three little carts with oh, yeah. four each, you know, like, and it was, we had to be stationed there. The moment <laughs> halftime came down, boom. And it was like, there has to be a more efficient way, right? right? As and far this as is like you don't need a four person, exactly. Card and six or eight person would be, what yeah, you exactly. So, like yeah. that stuff that you know, applicable applying it to a, a career and what we're doing, like there, you know, you have training camp for NFL, yeah. you know, where the site is they're living in dorms a mile off right. of the fields. Like right. you're probably going to want somebody shuttling people yeah. back they're and putting, forth. They're putting some time on their legs. You know, and then, and then we talk about, you know, I was a student at Virginia tech and the amount of like carts you see driving around, like for tours, just for, just for like the executives, yep. you're talking the about the president. Yeah. You're talking about like you have recruits on campus and right. you don't want them to walk anywhere. So right. like you want to show them top of the line. You're you guys. And that's what I love about what this Academy was about it's just sort of like a peek in of like what you guys do i think one of the greatest things that you guys do is you know doing your due diligence on mm -hmm. like hey this product here is there a market yep when we have the market how are we going to be able to maintain these these vehicles you know what are we going to do what has it been like for you working on these products, you know, um, and we'll get into the MDX and GTX here in a minute, you know, being battery powered versus, you know, the, the, the count on a gas powered yeah. one, you know, cause it, 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 they run forever and we all right. know that. And that's right. why everyone loves Toro, you know, what has it been like for you for Vista, like sort of take everything in and yeah. create this product? Obviously, again, like I said, the look, the design, yeah. the, the use all of it, you know, to make right. sure that, again, it's going to sell like right. crazy. Right. Well, and I'll be completely honest. I was brought onto this project almost, I would say almost six months ago. Mm -hmm. So I kind of was brought into a very exciting yeah, point, yeah. but a lot of the legwork had been had been done previously. So uh, to be brought in, obviously learning all the history about why things were chosen yeah. to be done certain ways and the engineers I mean, the engineers, the design, the marketing manager before me, like, I mean, the amount of VOC work that mm -hmm. was done for this, immense. I mean, yeah. this project I would has been years and years in the work. It wasn't just an overnight yeah, yeah. thought. For sure. I mean, <laughs> it, it, the amount of VOC, paint, every single detail, the amount of iterations that were done on the dash, the, the seats, the canopy, everything was dozens of changes, adjustments, mm -hmm. tweaks, just to make it just right for the customer. Yeah. So to be part of it, I guess, in this and then launching it, it's, I'll say it's kind of easy to launch such a great product yeah. because, I mean, there's, there's just been so much work done on the front yeah. end to make sure it is a great product. Obviously, there's a lot of work from here on out getting the product out and supporting the product and making sure. Um, those that are using the product are happy. And it, mm -hmm. and of course, there's going to be more adjustments, but that's what we do. We listen to the customers. Okay, this isn't working for you. Let's tweak it. Let's see what we can do to tweak it to make yeah. sure that it's working for this customer. It maybe just didn't catch that in the VOC yeah, or yeah. things change, how things operate over the years. and how things 
work. I mean, battery power one thing has yeah. like they need it to run how for how long? long yeah, and what they're yeah. doing. So um, that technology changes. So it's going to be a continuous involve or evolvement, I should say, for Vista. But just to be part of it in this and be able to launch a great product, it's yeah. exciting. I think a couple other things that you know I was really excited to hear when you were talking about it at uh, the site was some of the other design things that you took into account, like when we were sitting, we had the MDX and the GTX sitting right next to the Vista mm-hmm. and the Vista, it doesn't have any Toro red on it. And there's a reason for that. You yeah. want to explain sort of what that thought process was and how yeah. it really, I mean, it's just so cool when you think about it. Right. 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 So, I mean, that's the first thing most people notice is, is it a, to- this is Toro? No way. There's not a Toro emblem red or anything. There is a Toro emblem on the side and there's actually the Vista on the floorboard that you can see. So there is a very subtle embossment of We're here, just so you know. (laughs) It is Toro. Toro, But um, but like like I mentioned earlier, it's for our customer to show their customers. Yeah. Let's say it's a school, their colors are blue and green. Their biggest rival is red. They don't exactly want a red machine driving around their campus. So to be so the the plastic that's used it's called TPO plastic it's paintable wrappable you can apply decals so each school I'm using school as an example no, no, that those sure. obviously it's have the easy. biggest rival yeah, yeah, yeah. they have the biggest rivalry color uh, typically yeah, yeah. Um, they can customize that machine to exactly what they want I mm-hmm. mean whatever color blue you may be whatever color red whatever it might be you can customize that machine uh, to make sure you are portraying what you want what you want yeah. to the customer yeah because I, I i thought it was just so cool because those are like the little details that a lot of people don't take into account you know like it's you know what i'm selling you a product this is what it is i'm not here to make it easier on you you got to figure that out once you own it you know yeah. and to have like sort of it already set for you like hey this is the material you want to put a wrap on because it's actually going to hold you mm-hmm. know it's not like a, a hard plastic that over time it wears and it'll tear and it'll look like crap, you know, like it's designed for that. And, you know, just the shape, you know, I, I think it was, uh, Jason to make with Michigan. He was just like, it just looks good. You know, um, something that I, I saw from both machines that I think is just so awesome and something that, you know, makes your life literally like the easiest thing ever when you're driving these things is the automatic emergency brake. Yep. You know, parking. Yeah. Where did that come from? And like, how did you guys, you know, like, this is like, why are we not doing this more? You know, like where did all that come from and how did you implement that in a way? And it's, so the technology is used on other vehicles, outside of Toro. So Mm -hmm. it's one of those, it's a technology that when you move to battery power, that door is open. It's not an option on a gas powered um, machine. So to have that automatic parking brake, it's you realize it when you don't have it after going from having to use to to set the brake manually. Um, The, the users like it as well as the maintenance Mm-hmm. It's less maintenance. Mm-hmm. Uh, users, maybe newer users are on the machine. A lot of them either forget to set the parking brake and the machine goes rolling away. <laughs> or Why they, is yeah, my new yeah. cart flying down the road you right spend now? spend a few thousand dollars on a brand new new vehicle and the last thing you want is it rolling back into a, <laughs> to a pond or whatnot. So, Definitely not. <laughs> so with this electronic, it automatically sets, as soon as the machine comes to stop, your foot 
comes off the accelerator, comes to a stop, it automatically applies on the display screen in the front. See mm-hmm. the parking. Then as soon as you hit that pedal, it goes. Yeah. It and it's a feature that now it's kind of hard to work without. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> if if I ever get one, it's going to be like. Dang. Yeah. Like, this is this just is nice. amazing. This it's is nice. just like, you pull, it's funny because, like, I, I talk about it when we are hosting events, you know, mm-hmm. like when there's like a baseball game and I'm driving up and I'm like, right. you know. Yeah. <laughs> right. well, it's, yeah. It's just like one more thing and obviously the cables get stressed. It's just, yeah. Yeah. For sure. It. For sure. Um, now, obviously, there was the MDX and the new GTX, the battery, you know. A lot of people are skeptical when you're talking about moving from a gas to a battery. Mm -hmm. Something that I think really, again, was showcased is that, and you guys reiterated it at every station, it wasn't just you, there is never a loss of productivity or capability from a gas-powered to the electric, or diesel-powered, sorry, but to the electric. And it showed when we did, like, we're able to use it, you know, like, it was the same exact, Mm -hmm. you know, standard of Toro, you know, so... What goes into sort of the battery and sort of this this new ecosystem mm-hmm. of electric? And we're all heading that direction. It's yep. going to happen, you know? Like, it's being mandated by governments and all that. Oh, yeah. What has that been like, sort of being able to bring that to this line? Right. So, like you mentioned, we are just naturally, we're going battery-powered. I mean, mm-hmm. the GTX, that's yeah. been battery-powered since 2018. It's almost since its inception, right? Yeah. Uh, there's a couple a little, of years. Yeah, yeah so there's 20, like two so years. So 2018, yeah, yeah. the lead-acid battery yes. was released. Um, and then in 2020, we did move to lithium. And then mm-hmm. 2023, we're moving to the Toro Hypercell battery, which yeah. is a battery used across the Toro company. So mm-hmm. to have Hypercell in the GTX, MDX, as well as Vista has been huge. Um, not obviously because it's it's supporting the Toro yeah. brand company. Um, obviously, exactly what we're going for. But to use the hypercell battery, one of the requirements that we have because our customers have is we want it to be able to do the work that I'm doing with my fuel powered yeah. um, internal combustion engine for sure powered machine. Uh, so for particularly with the GTX and MDX, since they have an equivalent that's internal combustion engine. We want it to haul mm-hmm. as much as I can with my diesel as well as tow. And that's the required. So how many batteries do I need to do that? Yeah. And so the GTX is standard with two. MDX is standard with four. Yeah. The GTX has that ability to add a third. Mm-hmm. And I should say Vista is standard with two as well. Gotcha. Um, MDX has four because it is a heavier load. You, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's. 1200 pounds yeah yeah can for sure carry in the back so it needs to have four just batteries in order a little to bit do that away, job. You know, <laughs> just a little bit uh, it's, it's a fantastic vehicle to mm-hmm. drive and then vista has two batteries standard which is for most of the customers that have the machine perfect mm-hmm. and but it has that ability to add that third so to have that flexibility yeah, yeah. of you know what i'm not getting the runtime that i need yeah on vista I need to add that third battery because I'm running that eight passenger fully loaded all day. Yeah. I need that third just to give me a little more juice or that peace of mind that I can last. Yeah, all, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, because that's the other thing is like when you talk about a battery, you're always concerned that there's a chance that you're going to run out yep. or there's a chance that something could you know not work the way you want it to. Um, something that like I always was questioning when I first started, and this it's been in and out for years, you know, it's always been an opportunity to have a electric something, you know? Um, and it's not just Toro I'm talking about. How have you guys developed sort of the, 
maintenance side of all this because there's so much that goes into it and just from being here and at this like location like seeing everyone like there's so much more forecasting when it comes to your products like we want to make sure that you guys you want to make sure vista can be you know maintained by a technician for toro what was that sort of like with this line because again we're talking about the the so the innovation of the future of again the utility vehicle at, at Toro you know right I mean it's labor challenges are a huge issue right mm-hmm. so they either have less staff less time more equipment that they're dealing with because other let's say facilities are piling in their equipment piling in they're like I need my mowers at this facility taken care of over here across town um, so making a machine that has less maintenance, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, battery power. You aren't changing the oil every yeah. number of hundred hours, For right? Sure. You're, it's with the lead acid batteries. You, you don't have to water them anymore. Like hypercell batteries, it's kind of like turn on the machine, ready to go. You yeah. don't have to worry about maintaining those batteries because the batteries are designed to last pretty much longer than the life of the yeah. So the maintenance of the batteries is minimal. And what's great with these batteries, they have an internal BMS system, so battery management system. They talk to each other mm-hmm. and they work together. So let's say you do add that third battery. There's software within each battery to make sure it's the most up-to-date software. And you'll get a flag saying, hey, we got to do an update on yeah. all of our batteries to make sure they're talking and working together. Yeah, for appropriately. sure. So the machine operates yeah. appropriately. So plug in the cables from the distributor and they update the software and ready to go so yeah yeah <laughs> and that's that's again that's just the next level you know intuitive nature of toro you know because that's just something that people don't think about like yeah. hey we've got you know a backup when something goes wrong like we have to be able to provide that you know um something that again i know i'm being selfish here something that i loved was the fact you know for a larger guy on carts you know usually the wheels right on you like how do you even make that distinction? You know, so for those that are listening, sorry, the they have changed the wheel, the steering wheel on all of their okay. carts. You know, like <laughs> there is now a flat bottom <laughs> to the cart, so it's not like near you. You know, yeah. and it doesn't. I'm not talking specifically. I'm just like, yeah. where Why? do you get that? Talking to customers like <laughs> you that are using the machine. Yeah, they're just like, man, this is. It's just trying to get up and over, mm. or I should say, under and over the yeah. steering wheel. The pain. Yeah. So, again, dozens of iterations. I walk over to an engineer's desk and they have steering wheels all over their desk because there was different grips, different this. Obviously, gotcha. settled with the bottom. Yeah, uh, being flat and a nice flat riding surface for sure. Or whatever the whoever's using the. You know, playing golf in my off time. (laughs) Doing work, right? You're checking off your task to-do list. You're you're checking off your to-do list. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not playing golf or anything. Um, Is there anything else with the product line that you think that customers should know about? Um, Maybe some price ranges, something that, again, would lend a lot of, you know, knowledge to, again, people who are interested in the Vista, you know. It's something that's going to be incredible for those that need a, a system like that, you know? Right. So I guess I'll mention one other thing, one yeah. of the other feature that I really like are the, the driver profiles of Vista because mm-hmm. usually it's a supervisor, let's say, that's supervising those that are actually operating the machine. Mm-hmm. So there's two driver profiles, we'll yeah. call it driver one, driver two, and um, it's a key switch underneath the seat. Yeah, yeah. So, We'll call supervisor mode driver one. I gotcha. 
They can have the max speed of 60 miles per hour, acceleration, and regenerative braking mm-hmm. set at whatever levels they want. For sure. But they don't want exactly their counterparts who are, let's say, operating the machine for the most part with the customers to be going yeah. 16 miles per hour. They can adjust that um, with their distributor yeah. and say, I want 10 miles per hour. I want them not to be able to accelerate as fast. And I want their braking to be very gentle. Over over exaggerating the braking part. No, but, no, but it's but, true. When you're on turf and stuff, you know, yeah, that stuff you have you to be aware of. You want it screeching to a halt. You want it to, you know, you know lightly tear, roll. Tear out everything. Yeah, they <laughs> want it to lightly roll rather than come to abrupt stop yeah, once yeah. your foot's off the accelerator. Um, no so, donuts for you. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that key switch can go to driver two profile, take the key away, and that driver is restricted, we'll say, to. If anyone restricts certain... me, we're going to have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> you can go full max, max speed, acceleration yes. profile, whatever you need. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, but that's another, I think, really great feature that it has to kind of give the manager a peace of mind. But, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But then to ask, talking to your second question about price, that's. Uh, one of the biggest well how much do these Price. things cost they're, they're often looking they're so, amazing please yeah. don't be expensive no yeah <laughs> right <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah so the the lineup we've obviously been talking a lot about the battery we have mm-hmm. the four six and eight yeah we also have the four six and eight in the gas version yeah so it's for those that maybe don't need to go battery power they mm-hmm. just prefer the gas yeah that's fine so or it's a price point yeah, yeah. obviously they cost a little bit less so um the range is anywhere from Nine thousand up to nineteen thousand. Which, when you talk about face value and what you have, they're like, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. it comes to Vista, like you have people spending so much on something that has so much less. You know what I mean? Um, and again, I'm biased, but you know the Toro batteries and the Toro. It's just something you can count on. You know, I know it's count on it, but <laughs> you there's just. I like puns. So. Yeah, no. <laughs> there's just so much, you know, dependability in that. And again, the backing of Toro when something goes wrong, like mm-hmm. you're not going to get that when you go buy a golf cart because this isn't one. Um, what about the MDX and the GTX? Yep. So the GTX runs right around, we'll say, well, 20 grand. Mm-hmm. So then if you want to upgrade to that MDX with two, with, we'll say, two more batteries, mm-hmm. it'll be 25. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Anything else? It was a great. Yeah. I'm excited to get these products out to customers. Uh, and we are excited to have them when we have the money. No, <laughs> no. Again, I think it's going to be awesome. I think uh, there's some really cool things that uh, Josh is doing yes. with you know the marketing side of it. And definitely, guys, it just came out yesterday. There's a new video on Vista. He did a incredible piece on Indianapolis Motor Speedway yep. where they were testing the Vista and. Yep. To see sort of it in action in a space like that, oh, yeah. you know, because that's another Perfect. one you don't think about, you yeah. know, the speedways like now you'll start seeing them everywhere. No, but that's again, that's thing. yeah, no. exactly. Like, oh, they like, have wait one. a second. They have one? This is one. Yeah. This is one. This is one. This right. is a place. There's a different place. Like there's right. just so many places. And I think that, you know, Toro is going to do a phenomenal job marketing all this. So be sure to follow that content yeah. and make sure you uh, Made to move. Learn, exactly. <laughs> learn more about everything that's going on. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Baseball season is upon us. Toro's Field Pro 6040 was created with ball fields in mind. The Field Pro's multi-tool system allows four tools to be carried at once, significantly reducing the time required preparing infields. 
Scarifying, grading, and dragging can now be completed in a single pass, saving you time and effort. Visit Toro's website today to learn more about the Field Pro 6040. All right, welcome to uh, a very uh, incredible portion of the uh, Toro Grounds Leadership Podcast Tour here at the Toro headquarters in Bloomington, Minnesota. We have Mr. Tony Ferguson, the Senior Product Marketing Manager, uh, currently working with the brand-new state-of-the-art Groundsmaster E3200. How are you doing today? Doing well, Drew. Thank you. I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, I'm super Enjoy. excited to talk to you about all the things that are going on. Um, I do want to start a little bit on a personal note. What has it been like for you being with Toro for so long? What got you here and sort of what brought you to marketing management with Toro? Yeah, thank you. It's uh, been... Well, 25 plus years now with Toro, so over a quarter century. Congratulations. That's kind of exciting. That's incredible. It's a milestone in my life for sure. But uh, what brought me to Toro was, frankly, the culture. Uh, Ken Melrose wrote a book. uh, I think the title was Make the Grass Greener on Your Side. Yeah. And it was all about servant leadership. And I read that book, and I was very impressed with the company. And coincidentally, just after a few weeks after reading the book, and I made a note that I was going to contact the company to see if there were any openings. There was an opening, and I applied for the position. <laughs> Perfect timing, right? The, and got That's the incredible. So that was a as a product manager back in the day in 1997. So I was responsible for some of the some of the product portfolio back then in the commercial division. So sprayers, aerators, and top dressers, and then expanded beyond that to other types of products, including Real Masters and the Procore aeration line. Um, so the uh, and, and other products as well, but it ultimately with with uh, Toro, I've moved to different positions with mm-hmm. the company. So, yeah. as a market manager for the ground uh, for the golf business, yeah. As a uh, call it new business development manager, Very looking nice. at growth opportunities Very through expansion nice. and acquisitions. That's awesome. And then back into uh, product management as well in the, in the more recent times. That's that's incredible, and I love I love how you bring up the culture because a lot of people don't value that when it comes to the work and what where they're going to work. It's not really a priority of theirs. <laughs> Could you sort of speak to that culture a little bit more and how leadership really was that sort of the foundation of your twenty five years here at Toro? Yeah, it's it's been a very it's a stark contrast. I'll say from. The companies that I used to work yeah, for yeah. and and coming to Toro, uh, complete difference where they value the person and not just the performance. I love that. So it's, uh, you know, they take care of the people and everything else kind of takes care of itself, so to speak. Obviously, we're, we're focused on performance as well. And uh, there are some high performing uh, people within this company and many of them. And, uh, you know, I say 25 years with a bit of pride, but it's also humbling to know that there are many people that are that have been with Toro for even longer than that. So I think That's our incredible. average tenure for employees is uh, above the industry standard and above kind of a, what you'd normally see. But the culture was a big draw, and that's that's very important to me. Uh, it's a work life balance, and the people, uh, the management team, the leadership team here, really value the people and express that continually through the programs they put forth. That is, it's just incredible to hear, you know, especially as an industry professional and the people that use your guys' products, you know, 
Toro has always been a, a constant. You know, you guys are always at the front line of trying to make everything better uh, for the the worker, for everyone in golf, sports fields, uh, landscape, all that. And to see how that is reflected in the products that you guys are managing is something that truly speaks volumes to Toro. So Thank I you. love to hear Appreciate it. That. Yeah, no, um, I do want to get into the uh, electric grounds master because it's so up and coming and so brand new. And honestly, it's shocking to a lot of people that we're like, wait, what, you know, type of thing. Right. What can you sort of t- speak on? Like, the process of getting to this point where you have an electric grounds master, what has that been like for you and bringing that toward the forefront of what the future of sports field management, golf, and all these other areas of turf grass? Yeah, it's been a really exciting journey. We've started this project a couple of years ago. In fact, probably even longer ago than that when you include the customer input that Mm -hmm. we've solicited over the years to gather information on what customer needs are and then turn that into a product. And just in terms of kind of a societal shift towards alternative energy and the sustainability initiatives that are being put forth either by individuals or by cities or states that are pursuing uh, green initiatives, that we want to be part of that and provide Mm -hmm. customers with the solutions that they're looking for to satisfy those initiatives. So, you know, we really, again, go back to the customer and solve the problems they're having with product solutions and the Groundsmaster E3200 is a solution that will provide you know, no compromises in performance, all-day runtime, and great power and performance in their operation. So it's going, it's going to uh, be very comparable to a diesel-powered unit. In fact, there's no compromises in performance between a diesel and this electric unit. That's incredible. And uh, it can be customized with the the right amount of batteries to achieve all-day runtime for these customers. So it's a, it's a win-win situation for many customers that will be experiencing this unit in the future. That's fantastic. Now, there's something new with the battery specifically. What has right. that work been with? I think it's like a dual something. I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> I don't have it memorized or anything, but yeah. there's an expanded battery that, right. again, you said all-day runtime. Like That's a game-changer for anyone in any space. You know yeah. What has that sort of development been like to get to this point? Yeah, it's a, the battery you're referring to is a new uh, lithium-ion battery developed by Toro. It's called Hypercell. The hypercell batteries are a lithium-ion battery. It's uh, designed at, by us at, for our products, so specifically to run Toro equipment. And it's really an enterprise platform that will be used across divisions and across many of the products that we sell. It's already being implemented in greens mowers and vehicles and Z mowers and push mowers and other things like that across the enterprise but also now in the Groundsmaster E3200, mm-hmm. we use a lot more of them because of the power demands for that kind of a product. Yeah, for sure. But uh, it, the battery is a uh, patent-pending proprietary design. We've had it third-party independently tested to ensure safety and reliability uh, and longevity. We have a uh, essentially what they call a battery management system included in each battery. So it's a distributed battery mm-hmm. management system that works in concert with the charger that's on board with the machine. And they all communicate, uh, all the batteries and the charger communicate with each other to charge it effectively and quickly and control the charge rate and the heat. That also provides um, safer operation and longevity over the life 
of ownership, so it doesn't damage the battery too fast. The car creates a lot of heat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it could be. But uh, so it's a very uh, that's very incredible. intuitive, intelligent Absolutely. system. I mean, that's those are the things that again, like as a as a sports field manager, somebody who's going to be using this, they don't really consider that. You know, they think they're just plugging it in the wall. So the right. work with that that you guys do is like again just incredible and. It's awesome to hear about because you don't really think about things like that. So uh, just talking about sort of the pitch to the customer of how this is going to change their fleet for the better right. moving forward with what they're trying to accomplish as whatever turf grass manager they are. Yeah, this it opens up possibilities for uh, the many customers. In fact, we sell the majority of these units to municipalities, to sports fields, for park and rec kind of applications. But there is a significant number of them also sold in the golf to trim around the clubhouses Absolutely. and that kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. So uh, for, uh, well, for instance, for educational facilities, K through 12, higher education, yeah. where they're concerned about noise, this unit is significantly quieter than a diesel unit. Therefore, it opened up possibilities to mow near the classrooms or near the, near the student housing earlier times of day or later in the evening. Uh, so noise is a big concern for a lot of these uh, yeah. customers where they're restricted from mowing too early or during certain times of day, but this opens up possibilities there. And that's, uh, and again, another thing you don't really think about is <laughs> you're just like, we're running it. I don't care about the noise, but uh, you know, it's, it's great to hear how, you know, it's not just normal impacts for normal people. You know, it's so much more than that. Uh, when it comes to the, ecological footprint there is a massive difference what was sort of the mindset going into developing such an incredible piece of machinery at such a large scale to ensure that that footprint was reduced by god knows how much you yeah, know it's significant so yeah. there's, there's essentially uh zero tailpipe emissions so yep. we're not creating any fumes or any emissions any any kind of uh we're not utilizing any you know fossil fuels like diesel and burning that so uh, carbon footprint is significantly reduced, again, towards uh, getting customers towards their sustainability goals. But, uh, you know, we didn't compromise on the performance. And I think that's the key. We took the, uh, well, unlike some of the competitive products that have, that have been out in the market with electric solutions, yeah. not in this configuration yet. I think we're the first, but they've, they've uh, essentially lightened up the machine. They're making them out of, you know, Thinner plastic, uh, thinner materials, yeah. aluminum, that kind of thing. We actually took our diesel-powered um, Groundsmaster 3200 chassis yeah. and didn't change it. That's awesome. And the same, we have the same deck, so we're looking at you know durability and and performance based on the the proven chassis that we've had in the market for years. Toro standard. And now electrifying it. Yeah. Sure, we didn't want to compromise on the Toro standard, or the customer promise, or the Groundsmaster name and what that name means to our customers. So this is a true and true Groundsmaster product. It just happens to be all electric. That's and awesome. uh, we're coming to market with it th later this year. That's incredible. And that's that's the thing that is incredible about Toro and what you guys are doing. It's never a step back. You know, It's always moving forward and standing with the brand and with everything that's going on. Now, again, a lot of your time here, you've had a lot to do with all different areas. What does the, the Toro brand mean to you and just the time that you've spent here in all of the different positions that you've had? Yeah, yeah. It's, it, I, say, I think you can sum it up in one word, proud. I take pride in what I do 
for the Toro company. I think customers uh, value the Toro brand because they know its legacy of durability and performance, and it gets the job done for them, and it lasts you know, longer than some of the other products in the market. I think that's kind of the key is we deliver a product that's, that, they can, that we stand behind and that customers can count on day after day, year after year in their operation. Well, I know Brentsville Turf definitely does that at our high school. We have a lot of different pieces of machinery that has stood the test of time. And I love to commend you on that because I'm teaching teenagers at a young, young age on these massive, again, commercial grade equipment. And it just holds and tests holds and it stands the test of, again, beginners on everything. So I can't thank you enough for all that you do. Um, and it's been incredible being able to talk to you, and I really appreciate you taking the time. And guys, be sure to check out the E3200 Ground Master mower coming out later this year. It's going to be a game changer for all of you listening. So be sure to check it out. Tony, thank you again for everything. Thank you very much, yeah, Drew. Appreciate, appreciate it. it. When it comes to grounds maintenance, Toro's Grounds Master mowers are the preferred choice for professionals who require nothing but the best. Visit Toro's website today to learn more about their Groundsmaster mowers and their entire lineup of commercial equipment. Toro, count on it. Welcome back to the Toro Grounds Leadership uh, Podcast Tour. We're here with Mr. Josh Kravick, the Global Product Marketing Manager for Toro. Uh, We're going to be talking about the autonomous fairway mower, which is probably one of the biggest game changers in the game when it comes to everything moving forward in this industry as a whole when it comes to all turf grass managers. How are you doing this afternoon? I am doing great. I'm happy to be here. I'm grateful that you're here, and I'm super excited to get into it. Uh, There are so many different ways of going about this conversation because it's something that's just so new. Um, What has been sort of your work here at Toro getting to this point, how long you've been here, what has been sort of your journey along the way to get to autonomous mowers? Yeah, so I I would like to say that uh, out of college, I had the foresight of where I was going to go and be in 10 years. The reality is I, uh, that could be further from the truth. (laughs) Don't we Um, all wish that, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. So you got to have a plan, but what's the saying? Plans are useless. Planning is essential, something along those lines. Yes, Um, very much so. Yeah, at any rate, I was uh, an agronomy student by degree. Very nice. Uh, my undergraduate degree is in turf grass science from Penn State. Uh, that was a little more than a decade ago. State. I spent about a decade in, in the field working at various levels of golf courses. Very nice. Um, before joining Toro. Um, and it was, I worked at a smaller club. I like to joke with people that they're probably isn't a job on a golf course that I haven't done at least for a day. For sure. Um, including one day I was told to go home, shower up, clean up. I'm running the baby cart. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, that was actually oh. a great day. A lot of fun. Um, Hopefully a lot of tips. Oh, you know, yeah, that would be great, you know. Tips. <laughs> That's yep. good. I, uh, I joked with my boss, maybe I don't want to be on grounds crew anymore. Maybe I'll uh, be like, I'm over here whenever you need me. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so, But no, I've been with Toro for, it'll be eight years um, time flies. And for this sure. is uh, so. I I worked in the turf industry for about a decade. Um, when I left the turf industry, I was a golf course superintendent, and then I was interim as their general manager, getting the business through some difficult times. Um, I was in my gosh, I think my mid to late twenties at the time, and, and came to the realization that I needed a little bit bigger pond to swim in. So absolutely. 
doesn't get much better than global product. Uh, I'd say it's a lot bigger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a bigger pond now. Um, some would even say too big at times, but but I'm no, sure. it's, it's been a lot of fun. That's um, awesome. While I was working on the golf courses, I, I went back to school part-time for my master's in business. Very nice. Um, wanted to remain with golf, touching golf in some way, um, touching agronomy, but didn't quite know where. And I'm from Minnesota, grew up here, spent a couple of years out east before coming back here. And as I neared my the end of my graduate degree, uh, that was when the planning started kicking in. Okay, what's what's next? Where am I, I got to go. And with Toro in kind of the backyard of Minneapolis here, it, it was a great fit. So I, I targeted Toro. Um, I ended up getting kind of an entry into Toro. I worked on the supply side of our was buying all of the organizations, hydraulics, transmissions, axles, then moved into a management role over there before coming over to uh, product management, product development on the commercial front. That's incredible. That's that's an incredible ride, you know. Um, What was the main draw for you coming to Toro? Obviously, there are so many different avenues you could have taken with your business, you know, Master's of Business. MBA gets you really wherever you want to go. Um, What was it about Toro that said, you know what, this is the place for me? I Just coming up through the industry, the brand recognition, the the respect for the Toro brand, and it being close to home. I've got family here in Minnesota. I've spent time away from them. I, I enjoy being back here. Love the seasons. I was actually down to Florida last week, and I'm not sure how anyone ever lives down there. The humidity but, is crazy. Oh it just um, smacks you in the face when you walk out there, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah it's crazy. You feel it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, just being in the backyard and, and the respect that I have for the brand. In, in golf and in grounds, in residential landscape, I, I still enjoy talking turf and drawing Absolutely. on that knowledge. Absolutely, for sure. Um, what are some of the things that you sort of taken from your past? Obviously, as a golf course superintendent, you said there are so many jobs, so many things that you haven't done, you know, like, how does that impact your job now here at Toro working with products and trying to comprehend what way you're going to better these products to better what your situation was for those that you get to interact with now daily? Yep. No, that that is a great question. And I, I think, some of the, the art of being a, a grounds manager or a superintendent is taking inputs from many different sources and somehow making a decision out of those sometimes conflicting inputs. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and when you think of our businesses in the commercial space, you know, the business has been built up on steel engines, hydraulics, right? The world is changing now. We're moving more to electrification. We're looking at autonomous solutions. Mm-hmm. Right. So in these product spaces that have been well established over many years, now you have these game changers, game changers coming in and kind of resetting the expectations. Right. And when you work on something like autonomous, which can be so conceptual, right? Mm-hmm. In the customer's eyes, if they had what they want today, this yeah. thing would be capable of landing on the moon. For sure. We're not there yet. Yeah. <laughs> let's, no one get crazy, okay? Yeah, from listening yeah. to this, yeah, yeah, yeah no, for there. sure. But um, just being able to take all those inputs, getting to getting to talk at length with our customers and having some understanding of what they're saying, even when they're not saying it, having lived in those roles before. Right? Absolutely. And I can help kind of tie up the loose ends and help our people here make sense of what we're hearing. 
what that means from an ownership level, from an operational level, from a financial standpoint, right? And kind of bring that back to, to the home base here so we can ultimately design better products. Absolutely. It makes you an asset to the organization. You know, there are so many things that I think Toro does a phenomenal job of is just being able to connect with those that are using your products. You know, like a lot of, a lot of companies find a way to just develop products that everybody uses, you know, and it's just there. And yes, they could do more, but people use a product anyways. And that's just how it goes. The fact that you guys are out there trying to better everything and to have people internally that have those experiences, have those, that knowledge to, in a way translate, I think it's just so awesome. You know, there's just so many things that are beneficial to the development of these products. So it's absolutely incredible. Um, with sort of what you've been doing recently, autonomous mowers, you know, there are so many people that are like, wait a second, what's going on? What have you been working on to, again, like recently, like we're going to see it here the week coming up, right? Yep. What can I expect to see and how is it going to be sort of presented in a way? Yep. So what you'll see out at our test site, we do have a, a fair way out there that the mower will be mowing. Um, you'll see that we'll be able to change the patterns on it, the visuals, the aesthetics, the aftercut is still very, very important for our customers. And I kind of tying back to that, the, the art of being a turf multiple inputs, mm -hmm. right? Conflicting, um, conflicting direction, if you will, and us needing to make a decision of it. One of my goals with autonomous equipment is um, I, I firmly believe that groundskeeping, being a superintendent, is a lot of science and some art. Right? And, Love and it. We don't want You're to speaking my language. Away. You're speaking my language. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, uh, automation cannot take the art away, right? There still needs to be finding ways to do that through the patterns, through the path plans that we can do. Um, the consistency of the machine is phenomenal, and you will see that out there. I would challenge any operator, the best operator in the field, to match the cut lines of these machines because they are phenomenal. I can already tell you I can't do it. <laughs> right. I'm, right. A, I'm a 10-year vet, and I can't do a straight line. <laughs> no, no so, so I think you'll you'll really enjoy seeing it. Um, the demonstration will go well. We'll be out there for about a half hour. Um, a lot of people, when they first see the machines, they're, they're kind of taken aback. Wow. Mm -hmm. But then as you get more and more used to the machines, see them do their thing, everyone gets used to them. Yeah. Um, it's amazing how quickly w people will kind of turn their backs to an autonomous machine. Um, but it's loaded with safety features. So you can do that to some degree. Yeah. Um, but no, it'll it'll be an exciting trip. So what all goes into making autonomous mowers and what are the different uh, levels of autonomy when it comes to the product itself? Yep. Yeah. So the levels of autonomy are interesting. If you look at different industries, all the different industries from agriculture, automotive have put together their their levels of autonomy. For sure. And they typically go something like level zero to level five, right? Level zero being, think of the engine with the manual choke on it. Operator needs to turn the key. The operator's making all decisions. For right? sure. Controlling the throttle. When you get to level five, we def define that as a machine's ability to do autonomous function in nearly all instances. Mm -hmm. Right? And, and the reality is... do everything in all instances. So what we're looking at uh, and what 
you'll see later this week is categorized as a, a level four autonomous machine. Gotcha. It can do things autonomously in certain instances. Got it. Right. And um, what you'll see during our demonstration, the autonomous machine can do some transportation between mowing areas. If you think of fairways on a large property, they tend to be spread out. And if uh, an example of some of that limitation, if you will, is if it's a continuous Absolutely. If there's public roads or something going through the property, we're not there yet, and that's still going to require someone to manually move the machine across that boundary. It's a safe thing to do, you know. Yep. <laughs> it's right. always a good option, right. you know. We'll, we'll get there, but yeah. right now they've got enough work to do in the automotive no, autonomous. For sure. Oh, you're yeah. still figuring yeah. that out, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to conquer that world before they do, you know. Yeah. No, I, I think the world will be conquered. Um, it's just going to take some time to get there. And, and these types of products, like any heavy technology-based products, the capabilities of it are increasing so rapidly. Tenfold. Oh, yes. 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 There is a lot of research, a lot of dollars going into um, researching and designing sensors related to autonomous operation. And, mm -hmm. and frankly, Toro is the benefactor of some of that work. Absolutely. Um, you just blew my mind a little bit so there's just so many things that i can go to like different things what is sort of the the from your position as the global marketing manager what are sort of the things that you're focusing on you know when it comes to showcasing these things you know you have this event plan and everything what are you trying to get across and what maybe what's sort of a pitch for autonomous mowers moving forward you know like how are we going to benefit down the line say in a i mean a golf course is usually the obvious setting you know that you would be like yeah we need people to mow that aren't people you know like yep. what would you say to a, a consumer like me of what autonomous mowers are going to do for the industry yep what, what i would say to you is that uh, autonomous isn't yet something that you can leather buck overnight while you sleep, so <laughs> Right. Um, Dang it. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, it, it'll get there, right? And, and I joke with people that someday in many, many years, probably 30 years when I retire from Toro, I want to get a job mowing golf course rough from my fishing boat. That's, yes. Right? I need a fishing boat and yes. we need to spin up a ton exactly. of equipment and then I can press buttons. We'll see if that ever comes to fruition. I'm here, guys. I'm here. Don't worry. Just yep. give me two seconds. That's right. I'm oh, oh I need a minute. I got a bass. Hold yep. on. <laughs> yep. Maybe by then we'll have something that can... Yeah, really maybe there's just a button. <laughs> yeah, push a button. But um, what autonomous can do is provide alternatives to traditional labor. Um, everyone that I speak with is struggling with acquiring and retaining skilled labor, mm -hmm. right? Which is, uh, I think there's some opportunity in the broader industry help curb that but i also think that we can provide solutions to help curb that um, what i talk to customers about uh, a lot about now is educating them on the systems the current limitations of the system and really trying to poke at how our customers will operationalize this technology and what what i mean by that is in for years and years and years productivity has been seat so to speak mm -hmm. right and that's driven our machines wider to be more productive or maybe smaller to be more nimble in certain instances and in a in a truly autonomous world we're not bound by that current way of thinking of productivity absolutely right um you know i also try and get a glimpse thinking of not only the fairway motor that we're working on but subsequent products in the future to try and poke at an understanding 
will use those pieces of equipment in the future. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, you know, let's say greens on a golf course are very, very sensitive. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and, and when I talk to people about autonomy, everyone's quick response is, well, gosh, I want these things to mow overnight. I want to come in, all the mowing's done, I can get to work, me and my staff can get to work on the other more meaningful tasks. But when you start to think about there, there are reasons for the time of day that we mow. Yeah. Right? And in like a very delicate surface like a green, if we're mowing that overnight, Fresh wound, yeah. right? Are we inducing more disease? Are there more cultural inputs that need to be put in to manage that? Yeah, and how that will all shake out. It, it really is. It can be a different world. Oh, and I'm that's trying to put my pulse on that. That's the. It's just those are the things that, and that's why I think it's incredible what the work that you're doing is like. Obviously, we want an easier way of doing things, right? Like, and for good point, like people deserve that. I'm not saying people don't, but like. Thinking about that, that adds a whole new aspect to sort of turf grass management that you never really thought of. Like, oh, and I have a much higher maybe fungicide program because of the fact like, hey, I can mow at night now, but at the same time, like we're doing all this stuff. And then you get people who are like, well, it's the autonomous mower's fault. Like, well, no, you're mowing at like three o'clock in the morning. So like, there's, there's, there's stuff that comes with it. So yep. with that, how are you coming up with some of those like solutions for uh, when it, is talking about sort of industry practices. Obviously, we want the solution of quick and easy. What is some of those things that you are making sure to have, not like safeguards, but like this is the application, how you should be using it. How are you getting that point across? Sorry, that was a terribly yep. worded question, but that's sort of like, I I would be one to be like, okay, what am I doing? Like, how am I supposed to be doing this? What do I need to make sure is here, here, and here? How are you sort of putting that out when it comes to your autonomous mowers? Yep, we're getting a lot of feedback on that. We do have both our, our development machines that we manage internally and that you'll see uh, later on this week. We also have quite a few field trials going where we've deployed machines to real-world customers. They are using the machines and providing feedback. There is always a learning Everyone has the kind of Rosie from the Jetsons pictured in their head. And, <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's a, yeah. there's a golf ball or a piece of debris, right? And a little magical arm is going to come out and pick it up and, you know, throw <laughs> oh, a three-pointer into what the trash the world, bin. What, what the world would be if we had that, right? Yeah, it, it's not quite there yet, right? So what, what I try and impress upon customers right now is right now this is supervised autonomy. Okay? Absolutely. So it still requires a human to be mowed mm -hmm. an example of that is if there's an irrigation head stuck up right you want to tap that down before you dig a maybe yeah, yeah a little bit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> prevent um, you know more of a headache <laughs> yeah exactly and, and once and initially when customers hear that they think well gosh is this going to work for me but then they become familiar with the equipment oh yeah see and, and we have sites that are now using the mowers using them across their property and they're seeing that value Right, and one site in particular has told their, uh, I think they refer to it as the Robot Wrangler, which I kind of uh, like. Nice, um, nice, I love that. Yeah, but the Robot Wrangler has been told, right, bunkers, um, let's see, irrigation head edges, yardage marker edges, right, all need to be pristine because you're out here supervising multiple machines in an area. You have downtime when they're mowing. So yeah. Find value-added work. 
all the fine tuning that you would love to get to, you can now get to. Yes. Yeah. And that's, that's stuff that, again, we, we put such a high value on when it comes to, and again, I, what I love about the podcast is being able to sort of showcase the things that we all know, but no one in the real world knows, you know, the golfers that go out every weekend, like they don't understand that the reason the rough doesn't look as good as the fairway is that the fairway takes so much more when it comes to cost, people, labor, all of these things that that is something that may not be noticeable to the, the regular eye, but like owners, GMs, all the higher ups are going to be like, Oh wow, this is of course looks great. You know, like you're not seeing limbs down or trees down or things like that because again, what you're putting out is incredible. So yeah, it's, it's awesome to hear. Um, anything else that you want to share, uh, for a consumer that's interested that might be hesitant, but at the same time, like is very intrigued by the possibility of running an autonomous mower. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would encourage them to start asking their peers that are using autonomous equipment. Learn about what kind of what might have been a little bit of a shock factor as they took it. Right? Yeah. Because again, everyone has this mental image that it's the Jetsons <laughs> where yeah. we can go on vacation. That's not yeah. quite it. Um, so leverage your peers. Watch social media. Uh, there are Toro is only one of many working. systems out there from low energy low power systems to now we're starting to see high energy high power systems out there um, i firmly believe that there are applications where both work well and there's applications where one of them works better than the other yeah, yeah. right so some of the low energy solutions the razor blade solutions that are coming to market um, are picking up steam they they can help they also have their shortcomings yeah we at the Toro company, we do have a low-energy MOBOT uh, that is slated to be introduced early next spring. Um, so keep an eye on that. Um, and buckle up for the ride. This is going to be evolving quickly and for many, many years, and it's going to be exciting to see. It's going to be organized chaos that makes everybody happy, that's for sure. It is. Yeah, I'm super excited. I mean, I'm really excited to see it this week. So it's it's. It's been incredible to be able to talk to you. I can't appreciate you enough for taking the time um, and the impact that you're having on all of us. I can't thank you enough. And I'm sure everyone that listens to this really can't thank you enough for all that you're doing. And we're really excited to see what the future holds. So, True. I thank you for the opportunity. Yep. The pleasure has been all mine. Thank you again. Let's take a moment to acknowledge our sponsor, the Toro Company, and their Workman UTX. The Workman UTX is tough and dependable with the highest payload in its class rugged design, powerful performance, and unmatched versatility. It gets the job done without compromise. Visit Toro's website to learn more.